welcome everybody to the monthly Cirrus Executive Challenges Town Hall, where we meet the last Tuesday of every month, with the exception of December, to have a discussion about challenges facing executive and managers in all sorts of organizations today. I have with me on our panel Judy Harris, who is the VP of Human Capital Optimization with Cirrus Business Group. Welcome, Judy. Thank you, Chris. I'm glad to be here. And my name is Chris Reese. I'm the president and founder of Cirrus Business Group, where we are all about helping organizations do great things. We invite you, if you're listening to this podcast, to come out and join us at our monthly Executive Challenges Town Halls. As I said, they are the last Tuesday of every month, with the exception of December. We have these out at the University of Georgia campus in Gwinnett, and that is right off of 85, on the east side of 85, between Old Peachtree and Sugarloaf. So we'd love to have you come out and, and join us and interact with you uh, during this town hall. Uh, these are designed so that you can bring your lunch, learn, network, and be back to the office by 1 p.m. And this month's topic is breaking down silos. We hear this a lot as we work in organizations. And I think, Judy, it would be beneficial to our audience and our listeners to begin with a working definition of what we're talking about uh, or what you hear people mean when they use the term silos. Right, Chris. And I think there's a number of meanings behind the word silos. What I hear most is it feels like you've got several departments in your organization, and each one is working independently on their own. They're not communicating well with the other departments. Uh, Issues come up because they seem to be so defined by their own department that they're not sensitive to the needs and issues of the other department. And if you get everybody working in that mentality, your output's not going to be what you need it to be. So that's what I get most of the time when they talk about working in silos. And to me, it's more communication than anything else. Mm -hmm. So just a general feeling of, I don't know, we'll call it disconnectedness, maybe, that there's a lack of coordination within the organization uh, and hand-in-hand with that communication. Yes, and sometimes you'll find that 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 has actually caused some rifts between these departments because of that lack of communication. They're not understanding each other, each other's needs, and perhaps even there's been a bit of uh, unhealthy conflict in the past between these departments. And I do have an example for you, Chris. Some years ago, I was working at a blood center um, out on the west side of the country, and I was brought in as the uh, new manager of component preparation, which means we take the blood products apart and make new ones out of them. And when I got there, I was informed that the component department wasn't speaking to the shipping department who ships the products. Mm. And there had been some kind of historical rift between the departments. I just decided I was going to pretend I never heard that information. And over the next few months, I just pretended that rift didn't exist We began to communicate well, began to work well together to the point where after about 18 months, if we were short on labeled products from components, the shipping department learned to come over and label them so they could ship them out. So, you know, we can break those things down, but it takes commitment and it it takes a willingness to communicate in ways that work. 
Tell me a little bit more about some of the, uh, if you can remember, the specific initiatives or, or things that you did to to try to get that communication flowing and and create an environment in which the shipping department, rather than sitting there in a huff because things weren't ready to go out, actually were willing to pitch in and, and help get the stuff out the door. Well, at first, I just looked at what is going on here, what is our lack of communication, uh, what's the issue, and I just got bold and went over to the director of that department and said, look, I don't understand. Help me understand. Back to our old thing. I've been using uh-huh. it for years. Help me understand what's going on here because I'm confused. We're just trying to all get product out to this hospital. And so I'd opened up the conversation, and some of that past came up. I said, well, that was before I got here, so what's going on now? And made them bring it up to the, the present and uh, and just, you know, over time work through that. I really had to get some permissions to train them to label the product. But if I was short-staffed and they were not and they needed it to go out the door, we went through the proper training and got it so they could come lend a hand as needed. It sounds like you you really helped. I loved what you said, bring them into the present. They were living in the past. Right. And so many times in organizations You've got this history out there that, you know, current management may or may not have had anything to do with. Uh, and we just like to hold these grudges. And sometimes we don't even know why. It's just there's always been tension uh, between two, two departments. And a yes. natural area where there's tension is between sales and operations. And uh, they, indeed, this was similar to that because shipping had to make sure the product got there. So they were purchasing from the shipping department. So it was, a, it was an operation sales type of thing. Yeah. I know that uh, with one of our, uh, we've got a couple of clients that were working on these issues. And, you know, when we do the internal surveys, something that comes up a lot, uh, and it's always uh, the number one or number two issue is just this lack of communication within the organization. Uh, And then also very close is sometimes that lack of trust uh, of, of management. What impact do you see that having on on creating these, you know, kind of these islands within the organization that are not working well together? Well, first, let's go to the lack of trust. I think the lack of trust that uh, you're going to be treated fairly, that you're going to be heard, that everybody's going to be treated equally, can make that department kind of defensive and protective. Mm. So you're going to put a bit of a a wall around you so that you protect your people from getting hurt. You don't want that. And so the, the longer that goes on, the stronger that wall gets and the harder it is to get through over or around. So, you know, the trust that you're going to be heard and that uh, that you can communicate effectively with the other department, as I had to teach that other department to do, uh, it, it's it's real important. And if you get nailed a few times, you're going to withdraw into that castle that you've built and, and hide behind the walls. Yeah, and there is so much uh, there's so much myth and mess out there as to what a good manager is. And I know one of the things we talk about with our clients on a regular basis is this concept of Team A and Team B. Right. And I think that it's real easy, especially 
if you haven't had any formal management training where you where you've been through some leadership skills building and um, more uh, more of the formal education process, if you just kind of come up through the ranks, there's a, a misnomer out there that a good manager is one that takes care of their people. Well, that's true, but taken too far. The way that ends up happening is it perpetuates these silos mm-hmm. because you show up at the at the leadership or management meetings almost as though you are a uh, a representative of this constituency back there, and your right. job is to make sure that no stupid decisions get made that are going to adversely affect your constituents. And then you're into office politics. And then you're into office politics, and we call that Team A, Team B inversion. You've got it Mm. absolutely Mm -hmm. backwards. Whereas your role as a manager, your Team A is really the organization. It's your it's your your peers within the organization. That is your Team A. You are on the same team with the same organizational goal. And your team B is actually the area over which you have responsibility. Right. Right. And that inversion really can cause a lot of problems. Um, You know, the lack of communication between managers, uh, between supervisors, between leaders of any sort can cause, um, say, just one department to start festering. Mm -hmm. Well, if if it's not recognized and it goes on. untackled, if you will, that nobody's listening, well, that festering is going to get louder and louder and louder. Now, remember, you have an informal leader probably somewhere inside that department. That's right. Every single one of the organizations, and and everybody knows who it is because it's the person they go to to get something done. Yes, exactly. And when the uh, power of those informal leaders starts coming up, uh, that's when the silo gets uh, tighter and tighter and tighter. Um, And I do have just a little quick example. I'm an old farm girl. Mm -hmm. So let's imagine these silos are actually silos. Mm -hmm. So we got two farms. We got farm A and farm B. And they're both after the same goal. They want to produce the best feed for livestock they can to create blue ribbon winning livestock. And so over on, uh, on on farm A, they're kind of working in their silos. There's five different silos, five different grains, specific mix that's going to come out of there for the, the, for the feed. And uh, one, one year, I mean, these things happen over years now, Chris. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about something that happens in a few days. So after a little bit, they realize that their livestock is just not as healthy as they used to be. But they can't figure it out. They're looking for what just happened, what just happened. Mm-hmm. What happened that, that this is, is happening here? And what they've not been watching is what's going on in each of those silos. And wonder if one of them has something festering. Uh, the manager goes to each of those supervisors and they say, it's not mine. No, nope, it must be Joe's, must be Ray's, not mine. Mine's fine. Until one day one of them starts noticing an odor. And then they realize that one of them has, deny has, it has something festering. Unfortunately, it's too late. The feed for that season is not going to be what it was and they're their livestock will not be what they want them to be for the next few years because mm-hmm. it takes that long. Versus this uh, other farm, B, who has great communication. They built bridges between the silos. The supervisors talk to each other all the time. They help each other out when there's a problem. The manager can go to any of them. And uh, in the middle of all those bridges is a, a center where they can all get together. And when one astute nose detects an odd odor, 
all of them get together to say, oh, dear, we need to figure this out or our product is not going to be any good. They mm -hmm. all own the product. And, of course, that year they had outstanding blue ribbon winning livestock. So my, my question to our people is, which business is yours like, Farm A or Farm B? Now, Judy, I know that a lot of folks in here and then also listening to this podcast are going to be thinking, you know, Farm B sounds great, but I think we're all living in a fantasy world to, to think that that can happen. I mean, that's what we all want, but how, do, how in the world do you get there? It sounds like you got there at, in the blood bank world when you were, you know, when you turned around that group, but. How do you how do you do that? How do you keep you know because uh, we're dealing with people right? And everybody says this is what they want, but somebody's got to be the one to make it happen. And I find that there's a lot of people often that'll say they want something, but it it needs to start with somebody else first. It does. And let's go back to our model, Chris. You've got to start with a healthy organization. So that team we're talking about, that team A, they've got to be really cohesive. They've got to know the message. They've got to carry the message. That message has to be really deep in their soul and their heart. It was for me back then. I said, mm -hmm. this is not acceptable for me, and I just kept at it until it was done. That's what we're looking at in these healthy organizations that do overcome the silo mentality. They're willing to take it on, own it, and speak up when they need to, to hold each other accountable for the actions that don't speak of where we want to go, that interfere with the, the communication and actually create the silo mentality. They need to be free to call each other on that. And that's where we started over there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you, you brought up a, just a great point. It's, it's our model that we use where all organizations are systems of systems. Mm-hmm. And those systems are all designed perfectly to create their existing results. So if, if you've got a healthy organization, you've got systems that are designed to reinforce and reproduce that. If you've got an unhealthy organization, same, same goes. You're going to perpetuate it and over and over. And one of the things I think about, and it was just kind of top of mind this morning as I was going over some stuff for, for our organization, is uh, how does the organization reinforce the, the behaviors mm -hmm. that it wants going on inside? And one of my favorite examples of this is a local company that has just done some, some fabulous things. They always are on Atlanta's top 50 places to work, and it's Jackson Healthcare. And as I was reviewing some documents this morning, uh, w one of those documents was their uh, performance review worksheets for doing performance appraisals on their own associates within the organization. And Judy, what I found fascinating was, and, and I just wanted to stand up and go, these people get it, and this is why. Uh, I had a mentor one time tell me success leaves clues, mm. and it does. Mm -hmm. And this is, it's very obvious why they're so successful and why people just love being a part of that organization and why they trip over themselves trying to get, as, get on board with that organization. In the performance appraisal, there are two sections, and one is uh, about your personal behaviors how is where you rate and your supervisor rates your integrity? And they go on to define mm -hmm. what does that mean. What is your leadership 
within the organization? How well do you work with others? Have you been innovative? And it takes all of these values and behaviors that most companies never allow to get past the foyer of their organization, and it makes them real. You know, uh-huh. Once a quarter, you're actually going to be rated on how well you're living out what the organization claims to represent. And I thought that was, to me, it really drives home how you, it has to move from just this is something we want and this is something we're going to keep shouting to something that actually affects how the organization rates you as a member of that organization. Yeah, that's really powerful. And obviously in that organization, it must start from the top. They have to be modeling this from the very top down or it wouldn't work. Yeah. So, you know, that's what we're after in, in our working with our clients is getting that behavior, the, the desired behaviors, whatever that company chooses them to be, modeled from the top down day in and day out. And, you know, that's not easy. No, it wasn't not. easy for me to keep modeling that day after day and still getting beat up by the other department for a length of time until they finally said, wait a minute, maybe we ought to listen. Mm-hmm. But it took a little while. It does. And, and it, But I had to have it in, in my heart of hearts that this is the way it needs to be. You're not going to beat my people up anymore. Yeah, it's real. Uh, one of the things that came to mind is as you do work within an organization to try to transform it, uh, now, there's incremental change where mm-hmm. you you do this stuff uh, pretty well and you just like to have it better. And if that's why uh, you're tuned in or you showed up, then then great. There's a lot that you're going to be able to take away from this and, you know, add that to what you're already doing, and you're going to get there. If you've got an organization that is just so f- fractured that it almost, when when you get everybody in the same room, it's like you can cut the tension with a knife, Mm. then you really need to start thinking about a full change management process where you've got to identify who are your key stakeholders, who are your champions, who are the people that you can win over. Uh, Something we talk about a lot with our clients is that culture has inertia. Mm Mm-hmm. And those systems that make up your organization, they're in motion. They have inertia. And when you try to make changes, they're going to push back against you. And it may even surprise you, some of the people that you that you didn't expect to push back will push back. Uh-huh. Because you're changing the world in which they figured out how to live and operate and in some cases thrive. And there was actually a whole school of management that was kind of a divide and conquer and keep them all confused so that yeah. one person yep. didn't know what the other one was doing so that you were in control, you know. Um, I, I hope there's not too many people out there that live in that world, but we've all had those managers before, haven't we? We have. And, you know, was the, the longer you're out there in the world, the more likely you are to have had more than one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are, uh, unfortunately, we're at the end of our time for this town hall. So, Judy, what is the, is there one thing that you want to leave our, our audience and our listeners with uh, as we sign off for this month's town hall? I would say don't be afraid to be a bit vulnerable. 
let your guard down a little bit. Let people know what you're thinking and be willing to listen to them. That's Uh where communication starts. It starts from the ground up. Well, great, great. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being with us again this month. Next month, we'll be out here, same time, same place, uh, University of Georgia Gwinnett Campus. And we will be talking about the emerging workforce and how to prepare your organization to be ready for it. Uh, There's a lot of things that they want in in attracting and retaining uh, top talent is always on the top of the list for what keeps CEOs and HR professionals up at night. So we hope that you'll join us next month. Thank you so much for uh, being a part and listening to the Cirrus Business Group Executive Challenges. See you all next month.